listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast and Happy New Year. Welcome 2023. I have Ashley here. Ashley, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. Thank you for having me. Ashley Iden. I'm a principal at Vamos Ventures, and we're focused on investing at the earliest stages in all diverse founding teams and impact-oriented companies. Wonderful. What inspired you to become a venture capitalist? A lot of different things. Growing up, my father immigrated at an early age from Turkey. My mom oh, wow. is a Puerto Rican girl from, from Brooklyn, and she was part of a very big family. And so didn't really have an idea of what this venture capital startup space was, other than the gears starting to go in motion when my dad sat me down and said, you're going to learn business by watching CNBC. And there was this show called The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch at the time. Oh, yeah. Right before idea. I went to yeah, the big idea. Great show. I don't know why. That was a good show. It was the earliest eddings of what entrepreneurship was on TV. Yes. But I started listening to all these stories and I was like, wow, that could be me one day, or at least I could be in that space. And so that's when I started going more into this American dream and building and the creativity around it. So much so that when I was at Brown University, where I went to undergrad, I started getting involved in like the entrepreneurship program stuff and the Warby Parkers of the world were just starting out and they were from Brown and the founders were from Brown. And again, I just always had this curiosity. And then unfortunately, because I'm first generation college student, I then went to sell my soul into the finance world, just to at least get a baseline understanding. But again, it's all that- good. You were, you were at Brown, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that startup mentality, though, always was in the back of my mind. And actually, after I joined Morgan Stanley, about two years there, I said to myself, let me go join a, a YC-backed startup, at least yeah. I reel in and view into what being at an early stage startup is. Mm-hmm. And so I did everything there from like sales to marketing. You to- could do everything in a very early startup. <laughs> you have out the trash. Exactly. Answer the phone. Get the trash. Get the coffee. Order um, the order the parts. <laughs> <laughs> order the parts. Make sure the software's running. <laughs> exactly. Make sure the yeah, exactly. Make sure everything's everything. running. The teams yeah. are happy. It's all hands on deck. That was my real and, and and so I was like, wow, this is really cool. It was a complete change from the institutional corporate structure of a Morgan Stanley. Yeah. And then right before business school, I did a few different roles where consumer meets technology after I was at that startup. And when I was at business school at MIT Sloan, I started getting more thoughtful about what I wanted to do next. And a lot of the demographics and and demographic trends and investing trends in the venture capital space just struck me. Less than 2% of funding goes to black and brown founders. Very yes. stats to, for women founders. I yes. think 11% of 
uh, the VC space, they identify as women and partners less. And so I was like, there's a huge gap there. There's a lot of different gaps. There are many, many gaps. And still in 2023, many gaps. Yes, especially in 2023. A hundred percent. And I started thinking and I was like, how can I leverage my background that's finance operations at a startup, consumer meets technology to start investing in and being more intentional in diversity led startups and more impact oriented companies. And so I worked at a few different funds, but when I was graduating, luckily Vamos Ventures, the current fund that I'm at, was hiring because it just closed on its fund one. That's $50 million and met Marcos Gonzalez, the founder. Yes, I met Marco. Yeah, he's a wonderful person. Awesome. Wonderful, intentional mission. We're Twitter alive. friends as well. Me and Marcos <laughs> are Twitter friends as well. I hope it's exciting. He's great in, in person. Twitter is very interesting. It is. It's an interesting. Met, I have a few Twitter friends, but I've met them in person. They're like way better in person. Not to say anything wrong with you on Twitter, but like you're just more engaging. Yes. You still only have, can say so much on Twitter, right? A hundred percent. It's you. I think you really find out who a person is in person, right? You're like, is all the type worth it, or is this person the same in person? No, Marcos is absolutely seems consistent across like Twitter and himself. Absolutely. But I I was just struck by what he was trying to build at Vamos. Sixty percent Latinos account for sixty percent of U.S. population growth, and that trend is continuing. Thirty percent more entrepreneurial than other groups. We're going to have a lot of consumer spending power, and it's not just Latinos. It's all diverse in the United States, and so. Vamos Ventures was created on that. And that's our mission is to invest in great diverse founding teams across future of work, fintech, sustainability, and health and wellness. And just again, being Puerto Rican, Turkish girl, first-gen college student, I want to invest back in my community, right? Because there's not enough Absolutely. going into it. So anyway, that's the story of how I got into Vamos Ventures and happy to get more into to Vamos's mission. That leads to the next question. What is your investment thesis and kind of the motivation behind the thesis? You talked a little bit about the motivation, but what is the thesis? And can you expand a little bit more about the motivation of the thesis? Absolutely. Very impact oriented. And that means a few different things. Diversity is number Mm -hmm. one. We invest in the builders and innovators of tomorrow and our mandate is diverse founding teams. There's a bunch of studies that say if you invest or companies that are led by diverse founding teams just outperform. That's what it says. Those are my statistics for my fund as well. (laughs) All all outperform. Outperform. On the women's side and on the diverse side. It's not only diverse, it's women as well. It's women as well. And a lot more work to do there. And on that note too, equity. And so wealth, equity, and agency in that there's so much power in funding these founders that then go on to build, you know, uh, hopefully unicorn companies and that wealth generation and that just gets hopefully funneled back into the community and that access to funding and growth facilitates social mobility and job creation. That That's yeah. very big for the fund. And then I think- That's yeah, very important. Very next generation big. investors. That's what we call it here. So we say next generation entrepreneurs, which is we're working at diverse deep tech founders. So that's even the more vector. Then we go next generation investors. When they become unicorns, we want them to invest back. And then the next generation workforce, right? Because we're talking about future of work and sustainability. These are kind of the next set of jobs and things people need to be trained for. Absolutely. And you make a great point in that 90% of our portfolios early stage, mm-hmm. 10% is later stage. So mm-hmm. we're hoping that 10% allocation that these founders that are multiple times founders that have raised rounds and rounds of financing, mm-hmm. that they can actually mentor and be value to our early stage founders and yes. all the dark of what it means to be a founder. It's not all glamorous. And Absolutely so not. They pay it forward in that way. No, that's great. That's wonderful. 
Yeah. And then part of it too is community. It's creating a diverse line of, to your point, like philanthropists and people who give back and angel investors, Mm -hmm. role models for future generations. And that we're all in this together. And I mentioned the pay it forward phrase. It's true. Whether you're an investor or a founder, if you see yourself in someone, you're very likely to give that person a shot. And we just need more people in the founding seat, in the capital allocator seat that have that. 100% true. That's Vamos Ventures' mission. And then in terms of sector focuses, ability, future of work, fintech, and health and wellness. I cover a lot of health and wellness and fintech. Okay. That's great. What are you currently learning or listening to or reading these? What is a recommendation for 2023? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's a change up on the question. (laughs) Very excited about the healthcare space and all the opportunity in it. We're very much, and I read a lot of healthcare material, I see a lot of companies and some things I want to highlight as it relates to our mission thesis in that space as well is chronic condition very much needs an increased focus on underserved and overlooked populations. Latinos in particular are two times more likely, right, to develop diabetes. Oh, sorry, one, one in two are likely to develop diabetes over the course wow. of their life. As a percent. Yeah. It's wow. Insane. And that's, that's crazy. Diet, that's on, I mean, there's a bunch. It of doesn't matter. Diet. If it's one in two, that's like half. <laughs> so, it's a lot. It's that's all, crazy. And increase wow. same thing with the mental health side too. Mm-hmm. Mental health conditions go 40% underdiagnosed in black and brown communities, right? What I can, can believe that. It's, the stigma around talking about mental health is huge. And then as it relates to culturally competent care, hopefully people are reading and getting more educated on what you know it means to be black or Latino and visit the doctor. Yeah, and yes. that, especially for the Latino community, I can speak for it. It's like not one person going through a health issue. It's the entire family and care for yeah, that. Multiple, multiples could be going through and then it the income impacts that as well right so one may it may not be working that may be impact you know that may be impacting things yes yes absolutely so as an aside but not an aside i'll throw this out for my listeners and i'll sit to you i'm the chairman of this moonshot awards for american cancer and we are trying to help close that gap in the black and brown community and getting diagnoses for cancer. And so it's it, the diabetes and everything. It's all similar that like, what is the real, what are the myths that we need to close the gap on? And then what are the other myths that we need to close the gap on in relationship to like clinical trials and other types of treatments? And then also how do we facilitate treatments for, now this is for cancer, but it could apply to many different diseases. Sure. Sure. So, That's- Huge. And it's huge. The point it's education as well. It's almost taking preventative approach to healthcare and that a lot of the communities that we're in, they don't understand what they don't understand risk factors for cancer or heart health. And if we can arm them with this information or even invest in solutions, bring out solutions out there that again, focus on lifestyle changes, preventative. Yes. We'll probably have, or even, even diagnostics. So I've seen a lot of companies lately, even though I'm not investing in healthcare around this precision medicine. Yeah. If we find it, whatever it is, cancer, diabetes, we can kill that and not kill the rest of you, Absolutely. which is actually awesome because a lot of people don't want to go through that process because you're really damaging your whole entire self. You're not really, you're, you're like solving one problem, but creating many other problems. Yeah. So that's been very fascinating looking at those companies and going, wow, this is actually really cool that people can discern what is what and then go, okay, we're just going to target this. That's very, that could be very powerful. 
Yeah, absolutely. Personalized medicine, precision medicine. We Mm -hmm. invested in a company called Bright Seed focused on chronic conditions and preventable chronic conditions. And it accounts for more than 70%, these conditions of the cost of US healthcare. And there's a link between these health conditions and plants. Right. And so what Bright Seed yes. is doing is trying to find out what that link is and making it stronger and inform then medic- medical medicines for mm-hmm. better foods mm-hmm. for these populations. It's such, such an innovating com- innovative company in that bring and mapping natural bioactives to human health benefits. Right. It seems so simple. Yeah. But, it sounds you know, simple. Innovation. But yet again, this is a education piece, right? If you're worried about, I don't want to say mundane, but like everyday living, you're not thinking about how can I like biomedically regenerate yeah. or rejig myself so that yeah. I don't have to go to the doctor. I don't have to do these yeah. other things, right? Absolutely. And stay in the preventative mode. For sure. For sure. And it's all about too, and you bring up a really great point as well. It's affordability and access, right? A lot of these families don't have, for example, mental health sessions, what on average are like 200 to $300, right? And so that's a lot of money. Is the single mom who's doing everything for her kids, is that top of mind for her? Probably not. It's putting food on the table. And we're very intentional about how these companies that we invested are thinking about also that access and affordability equation. Very important because... It could be a single mom or it just could be we've got five people working or three people working, three adults working. And then if one of the adults isn't working, that's a problem. Now it's less affordable or maybe insurance was lost because somebody got laid off or job change or something occurred. And so there's not enough insurance. It's many factors in that affordability matrix. So uh, okay. there's a lot, a lot more of gaps. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm still completely busted. <laughs> yeah. So clearly health and wellness is a big sector for us. Yes. And that's what I consume a lot of my content uh, or industry oh, that I do. And oh, yeah, clearly a lot more work. Awesome. Bonus question. In two years when we're talking, how do you see investing or venture capital having changed or evolved? What do you see as the Delta? I would hope that there are more folks of color in capital allocator roles in that we're investing in more of those founders and companies. And we were talking a little bit before about the LP landscape, hopefully changing for the better and that we need diversity on the people who are handing out money to these emerging managers, diverse managers. And so that's what I'm hopeful for. And I'm anticipating, I'm seeing a lot of work being done in that space and just informing folks of these different career paths, VC Familia, Latinx VC, Black VC, a lot of great work. And from a market standpoint, I think we've seen in the last months that things have just come down and been back to reality, very frankly. And so what I think you'll see in the founder landscape is more founders that are cash conservative, that are mindful of where their dollars are going to, that are trying to extend runway. And it's going to be back to bare bones of very much saying curious about the end customer, building and iterating upon that end customer, and just making really great product that's sticky, hopefully gradually scale in a healthy way itself. That's that's a good observation. I call that basic blocking and tackling. Basic blocking. Listen, that's, you know, basic I would say blocking that. and tackling, right? <laughs> like you, you find your product market fit, you get your yeah. customers, you generate your revenue, you grow it, right? So that's running a business, right? You scale your revenues, you scale your business. That's basic. It's a wonderful blocking way to and tackling. It's back yes. to bare bones. It's I read somewhere and I loved who, I forgot who, what person said this, but I think it was a, hey, 
he mentioned that in the last 18 months, the founders that successfully, or like in the last two years, the founders that successfully raised were just really good storytellers. It could be pre-product, pre-product, yes. raised yes. millions of dollars just on the story. But now the money's going to, and the companies are really going to win that are led by founders who are just really good at business and business skills and business strategy and building products. So we'll see. We'll see. That seems to work with most. If you look at the companies that survived out of the, I don't know which bubble, like there's been multiples, but let's say when the Amazons and, or even the YouTubes came around, that was like prior to the banking, right? The YouTubes, the Twitters, even though YouTube finally got some revenues. But if you think about those companies and how they were built a little bit differently than some, and so it does ebb and flow, right? Sometimes there's irrational exuberance and it swings all the way back to the other side. We need a healthy medium for this space. There's a lot of interesting personalities. You mentioned Twitter before. Right? We know who purchased Twitter, but we know who sold Twitter as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say there. We'll leave, uh, we'll leave that for another conversation. We'll leave that for another conversation. <laughs> but it also brings up a great point about now that we're in this type of environment, we're even more mindful and about the mission line with yes. our founders and who we invest in. Do we see the same future as these founders? Is there chemistry? That alignment is so important to us and like doing good in their respective industries and disrupting it for the better. Alignment is critical. Absolutely critical. It's number one. If I can't say it's up there. So how do people contact? You can find me on any medium. I'm active on LinkedIn. Emails perfectly fine. Ashley at VamosVentures.com. Always happy to chat with anyone, whether you're looking to break into the VC space, whether you're a founder interested in, in funding. We're trying to do our best. And if we can't give capital to every founder at Vamos Ventures, we're at least helping with introductions and resources to build and scale your company. So please give me a shout. I'm always happy to shout. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley Aiden. Yes. <laughs> From so much. Vamos Ventures. For being our first 2023 guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Barbara, for having me. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion-dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin t-r-a-i-l-y-n dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.